As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd go by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Now I want to start with a question. Have you ever been on a midnight hike? Yeah? I'm sure lots of us have. Even just before I was talking to Ellie and Claire about midnight hikes. Well, Ellie I was, anyway. But midnight hikes, they're fun, aren't they? Well, there was a place I used to go to on church weekends, and every single year we'd always go on a midnight hike. But I'm not sure why we called it midnight hike, because it wasn't quite midnight. Maybe it was when we got back. But what we did was we'd take a very picturesque and scenic walk and walk it in the dark where you weren't able to see any of the scenery or anything that was pretty about it. That's sensible, isn't it? It was never a difficult walk. We'd just go through some of the local fields and eventually we'd come back to where we started. There was someone leading it and from that description it wasn't me, so don't worry. We didn't walk around in circles all the time. But... It's all well and good when you've got torches or you're near other people who have got torches, but without them, it was a little bit of a nightmare. A nice, gentle, what would be very easy walk in daylight is so much more difficult when you can't see where you're going. There are stiles to climb over, a railway line to cross, there were paths to try and stay on, animals in the field to avoid, and puddles amongst other things, to avoid stepping in. There are some bits which were pitch black, and you just couldn't see a thing without a torch. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? (laughs) And that's just a walk in the dark. Well, it wasn't terrible. It was great fun, of course. Um, But when you think about the things you have to be careful of when you can hardly see where you're going, imagine what that would be like if that was permanent. The man we're thinking about today in the story was blind. He couldn't see at all. He would have found the things that we find easy to be very, very difficult. Basic things that we can do when we have perfect sight are much more difficult when you can't see, especially when you can't see at all. So let's think about what it would be like to be blind in Jesus' day, or in fact, in any time. I want you to take a minute just to close your eyes, please, (laughs) and imagine that I ask you to get up and walk to the front door. How difficult would that be? Now imagine where you'd go, imagine how you'd get to um, just to to the bit that you call the street, and imagine the obstacles that you'd have to avoid. Now I guess That one is perhaps a little bit easy because some of you know the church really, really well. Um, But imagine how you would feel. You can open your eyes again, by the way. Imagine how you'd feel knowing that everyone else around you can see and you can't. 
Imagine having that day in and day out. Imagine not having the one thing that we all take for granted, which is our sight. Now imagine how much more difficult it would be 2,000 years ago in Jesus' day. There'd be poor road surfaces, there'd be no street lights. Well, I guess some things don't change, but seriously, there'd be lots of rocks, there'd be dust everywhere, there'd be wild animals, there'd be robbers. It would have been so very difficult to get around. Today, when you see someone who's blind, passes by, we're often ready to go and help out. We have things to help people. And it's a lot different than it was back then. But in Jesus' day, society saw blind people, along with many others, as a waste of space. They saw them as people they'd be better off without because they weren't earning an income, they weren't contributing to society. They had no way at all of earning a living. So that meant unless they had a big family to take care of them, the only thing it would be possible for them to do was to beg. And that is what the guy in our story today was doing. He was begging because he had nothing else that he could do. You see, people often thought that they'd be better off without the blind as well as without lepers or orphans or, well, anyone else who couldn't uh, pay their own way. And all those people were like a big black hole they took without ever giving back. And because of that, they were seen as having no value. And that's a familiar thing that I'm sure we've heard with other people, but this man in particular will have been seen as someone with no value. I think it's interesting that we hear Jesus described in this passage as the son of David. We all know who David was, right? Everyone there knew who David was too. David had been the king. David was the one from whom which the long-awaited Messiah would come. And Jesus was described as the son of David because he was the son of David. But that's respect in the highest. Even though Jesus wasn't the type to go around thinking highly of himself, there's no doubt everyone around him knew who he was by now and knew the significance of the fact he was the son of David. So when Jesus was referred to as the son of David, that is recognition in the highest. That is importance right there. And who was a blind man? Well, we don't even get a name in Luke's account of this healing. That's how unimportant he was. You see, here we had two men, Jesus, the blind man, Jesus and the blind man, described in two very different ways. We had Jesus, son of David, son of the king, the long-awaited Messiah. He was very important and everyone knew it. And we had this blind man, son of... Son of... Who was he the son of again? That's right, we don't know. It wasn't even notable enough for us to know his name. Everyone in the region, whether they liked him or not, will have known who Jesus was. The blind man sat on the edge of the city because he wasn't liked or wanted and certainly didn't matter. And then Jesus passed by. He and the disciples were leaving the city and they came across a blind man begging. You think Jesus was a busy man and he'd carry on, but we all know Jesus isn't like that. He once again was about to challenge the norms of society. He once again was about to challenge what people took as granted as normal behaviour in those days. When everyone around him scorned and shunned sinners, 
the sick, the unpopular, and in this case, the blind. Jesus not only cared for them, but he gave them wholeness and he gave them value. When everyone else treated the man like he didn't matter, Jesus showed him that he did and he valued him. So the man was blind, and I know that's stating the obvious, but because of that, people thought he was of no value. But Jesus didn't see things that way. Jesus did his usual trick of subverting the norm, of valuing the blind man from the word go, of meeting with outcasts and making them welcome. So this man who had no value gained value through an encounter with Jesus. And we need to be like Jesus. We need to love the unlovely. We need to be the people who subvert the norms of our society, who don't judge people the way the world judges people. We should treat everyone with respect no matter who they are because we know that God loves them and so should we too. So this man was blind and therefore of no value and that's the first thing I want us to consider. Now quite a few years ago, um, some new engineers in a big electrical company were given an impossible task as a bit of a joke. They were asked to develop a way of frosting light bulbs on the inside of them, something that no one thought was possible. After a while, however, an undaunted newcomer named Marvin Pipkin not only found a way to frost bulbs on the inside, but developed some sort of etching acid that increased strength to each bulb. You see, fortunately, no one had told him that it couldn't be done, so he did it. I often find that's the case. If people don't tell you you can't do it, then you give it a go, and quite often you can And that's the next next thing I want you to notice about the blind man. He believed that Jesus could do the impossible. So the next thing is that the blind man believed. You see, over the noise of the crowd, Jesus heard the blind man crying out to him. He heard him over the noise of those people who were trying to shut him up. Jesus stopped and said to the crowd to bring the man to him. And as quick as the crowd were trying to silence a blind man, they were just as quick to take him to Jesus. So the blind man got up and went towards Jesus, who simply asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, let's be honest. How many of us, if we were there, could hear that and could hear that question, would be thinking the answer to that is pretty obvious, isn't it? He'd want to see, of course. Who wouldn't know that? Well, not obviously. You see, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He didn't assume to know. He didn't assume to know what the blind man was calling him for. He didn't assume that it was his sight that he wanted. You see, the fact that we would automatically assume that the blind man would want his sight is because we probably just think that that's the only thing missing from his life. And it shows that sometimes we judge people as to how we think they should be. We notice things that we think are wrong and we try and fix them. But you see, most of all, Jesus probably asked him what it was that he wanted because he wanted him to vocalise it for himself. But he allowed the blind man to ask for anything. He could have asked for whatever he wanted. He could have asked for enough food for the next month or two. He could have asked for enough money to live off for the next year. He could have asked for anything, but he asked for his sight. And when Jesus asked him what he wanted, he simply responded, Lord, I want to see. 
And it would have taken a lot of faith for him to ask for that, to ask for the thing that he really needed and wanted. But you see, he believed that Jesus could give him his sight back, and he wasn't afraid to ask Jesus for big things, and it was a big thing. People didn't get healed from their blindness. But what is it that makes this blind man's faith so special? Well, once he heard that Jesus was passing by, he immediately immediately began asking for the mercy of Jesus. He showed an insight into who Jesus really was. He had an unstoppable faith that caused him to shout above the crowds and not take no for an answer. When the crowd told him to shut up, he shouted all the louder, I imagine. And you can imagine people around being embarrassed because the local beggar was going, ment- you know, was going ballistic as Jesus came to town. But the blind man just didn't care. He wanted to get Jesus' attention so much that he overcame the obstacles. He overcame people telling him to shut up. He overcame the embarrassment that he might have felt, and he got Jesus' attention as he wanted. The blind man didn't allow the crowd to stop him from meeting Jesus. They were definitely trying to stop him from meeting Jesus. But he didn't allow them to come between him and the one person who could change his life forever. But why is it that Jesus, time and time again, always emphasised the faith of whoever he was healing? Because you'll notice that he never points to himself and his own greatness and his own power. He always says, your faith has made you well. He did it in this story. There are other ones we can think of. But why does he do that? Well, I reckon it's so that he encourages even more faith or to encourage other people to have faith. It's like he's saying, see what your faith in God can do. And the next time they come to a difficult situation that seems impossible in their lives, they're more likely to pray in faith themselves. You see, Jesus is a bridge to the Father, always pointing people to a relationship with him. Jesus isn't trying to make people dependent on him, but he's teaching them to trust God on their own. You see, here in the moment, the blind man knew that Jesus could make him see again, and he was going to make sure that he was noticed. He didn't politely and quietly ask for Jesus' attention. Instead, he shouted out again and again until Jesus heard him over the noise of the crowd. I wonder how often do we let other people get in the way of us and Jesus? How often do we allow ourselves to be distracted or to take us away from the relationship that we have with him? But because of his persistence, Jesus stopped and gave the blind man a new sight. Even though he was blind, he had perhaps more vision than anyone in the crowd that day. He asked for the one thing that others will have seen as impossible and saw that Jesus could make it possible. You see, Jesus time and time again makes the impossible possible. Nobody knew of a blind man able to see again. It just didn't happen. And so that would have been a real step of faith. We already know that he was an outcast. We already know that he was being told to be quiet by the crowd. He needed to believe that Jesus would respond to his request, or he would have been even more embarrassed and left totally um, embarrassed and an outcast. The miracle required him to believe it was possible. 
And in this story on a dusty road outside Jericho, a blind beggar saw with faith what was possible. Faith is when we go from seeing what we think is impossible to seeing how God can make it, how God can make anything possible. The blind man was bold and persistent and could possibly see see the possibility that Jesus offered and risked even further social alienation for the result. But the result was far more than simply physical sight. You see, the blind man faced a difficult situation and he went to Jesus with it. And quite simply, we need to do that too. We need to have that same kind of faith which acknowledges that Jesus can make the impossible possible because he can. There'll be things in all of our lives which we think are impossible. We all go through tough times and face seemingly impossible situations. But we need to have faith in Jesus that he can change what we think is impossible to something very possible. So the man was blind. That meant he was of no value, but Jesus gave him value. He valued the man with or without his sight, just as he values every single one of us. And the blind man believed. He had a sight more than most, which saw that the impossible could be changed. And finally, the blind man began a new life. This man had a total change in lifestyle. He had new possibilities that he'd perhaps never dreamt of open up to him. He went from being a blind beggar to being someone who could see, who could have to, well, he'd probably have to learn to do the very basic of things for himself that he'd never done before. Because he could see his day-to-day life had so many more possibilities. New things to experience, new things to do. He could meet people he'd not met before. He could go places he'd never been. He could experience for himself for perhaps the first time, things he'd previously only heard about. How exciting is that? Because of his faith in Jesus, he was able to see, and that will have changed his life totally and permanently. Jesus told him, receive your sight, your own faith has saved you. And in response, we're told that he followed Jesus along the road, praising him. Jesus didn't touch him like he did with most people that he healed, He simply said that it was his faith that had healed him. He acknowledges the confidence that this man had shown in him and enabled him to become a fully functioning member of society. And when I say that, I mean in that day, obviously. I don't mean that now. He sent him away to be able to live and to contribute and not to be shunned and not to be dismissed anymore. It was his faith that saved him and his faith that allowed him to live a new life. You see, when we meet Jesus, quite often, always, we should go on to lead a new life. A new life where we can see things that seem impossible made possible through him. Where we have total trust and total belief that he would give us the confidence to shout out to him, knowing that he can change our circumstances and change our lives forever. Belief in him, that means we're willing to shout over the crowd for what we believe, where we're not going to let the crowd distract us from meeting with Jesus. There is so much that we can think about from this encounter with Jesus. He was blind, 
And as I said, that meant he had no value. He was a waste of space according to society. He had no use and no one wanted anything to do with him. But then he met Jesus who changed his life forever because he valued him. We too are valued and we too need to value others the way that God does. And then Jesus gave him sight. The blind man had already far more vision than most of the crowd that day as he saw the impossible being made possible. So I wonder, do we ask God for big things? Do we actually expect him to make the impossible possible? And he didn't let the crowd get in his way. He didn't let them shut him up, even though they tried. He didn't let the chance to meet Jesus pass him by, and he made sure that nobody stopped him. Then he began a new life following Jesus and followed him along the road. And we need to have some of those things in our life. We need to know that Jesus values us. We need to have a vision and a faith in Jesus that says, whatever we think is impossible, actually it isn't, because all things are possible with God. We need to keep on following him along the road. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that time and time again you meet people and you change their lives forever. We thank you that our limited view of things is exactly that and it's not the way that you see things. We thank you that the things that might seem impossible to us are possible to you. And we thank you that you care for us enough to care about the details of our individual lives. So, Lord, we just bring our difficult situations to you and we leave them with you, knowing that you can make a difference. Amen.